Welcome back to Work Bestie, the podcast where we talk about everything you would discuss with your work best friend, a guide for 20 and 30 something year old females trying to figure it out and do the best they can. Hey everyone, it is Sunday. Happy Sunday. I am home alone for a little bit longer and just wanted to check in and talk about something I have been thinking about for a while and something that people talk to me a lot about. And they're kind of like, how do you do this? Blah, blah, blah. Um, so what I'm going to talk about is setting long-term goals. So long-term is pretty relative. That can mean three months, six months, a year, five years, 10 years. Um, but something I really enjoy is setting New Year's resolutions. And I'm a person who believes you can start new every day. It's never too late to start a goal or never too early either, but I just love new starts. I love New Year's. I love birthdays. I love fresh beginnings because I think even though you can start new every day, I think there's just something so fresh about like the first day of week, first day of a month, first day of a year, first day of a new birth year. And it's just something that gets me fired up. So in terms of goals, um, People can set lots of goals. I think something that I really like to do is create vision boards and I'll do a whole nother like talk with Taylor about that. But I just want to talk about some long-term goals that I set for myself and that I like am really proud of myself for accomplishing. And I didn't even realize I did this until my partner was talking to me the other day and he's like, you are so good at long-term goals. And I hadn't really thought about it until he brought it up in that way. So we, let's see, it's all a blur F because of COVID, but I believe, yeah. So 2019 for new years, I created a vision board and I had on there a few things. Um, I wanted to become an EMT. I wanted to become a regional vice president with Arbonne, the company that I have a business with, and I wanted to run a marathon. And I was like, okay, these are all like pretty big goals. Um, becoming an EMT, you have to take like a class and pass multiple different kinds of tests. You have to kind of do a written test and then you have to do um, like a skills-based test. So I was like, I'm going to do that. And I had already, I started the class in October of 2018. So I would be finished with the class, but I had to pass the test, prepare for the tests. It's tons of work. It's very underrated if you don't know um, how difficult it is or don't have any familiarity. So I was like, I want to do that. I don't love test taking. Um, so that was something that I was going to have to overcome. And you don't know like which skills they're going to test you on. So that's another aspect of it too. So you have to know everything and be prepared to do anything in like a, any circumstance. So that was my first long-term goal. My second long-term goal, becoming a regional vice president that, um, you know, comes with a lot of work and leadership and consistency and self-discipline. And I was like, I want to be the top 2% of the company. I'm going to work really, really hard to do this. And then the third goal is run a marathon. So Another topic I'll go into more at another time is self-limiting beliefs. So I grew up my whole life telling myself I could not be a runner and that I was not a runner because I was pretty traumatized by like the presidential fitness testing that you have to do. I don't, well, I know that I had to do it at my school. I'm not sure about other schools where you do like 
the mile run and the sit and reach and the, I don't even know what else we had. Maybe like sit-ups, the arm hang, the thing where you like run back and forth, um, those sorts of things. And running, I just always told myself like since a young age that running, I was not a runner. My sister was a D1 college athlete, runner, track star. And that was just like always her thing starting from a very young age. She would like race the boys on the playground and that was her thing. And she was always faster than them. And then I was a swimmer. So that was my thing. And I was like, there's no way I'm not a runner. I'm just not a runner. And I got to spring of 2019 and I had done a lot of personal development and read a lot of books and tons of podcasts. And I was like, you know what? I'm realizing this is a self-limiting belief um, that I'm just telling myself that I'm not a runner. There's literally no reason that I can't be a runner if I don't just like start training and try and be consistent. Um, And another like self-limiting belief that I realized is I've always told myself I was bad at math in school and... I'm just now realizing that that is just something that I was telling myself. Um, I would go into the school early every single morning and I would um, meet with my math teacher before school. And no matter how much I did that or how much I tried, I just always convinced myself that I was just like bad at math. And that's just like not a thing. I mean, you can be less naturally inclined, but you're not like bad at math Anything is possible if you try and put forth effort and are consistent and like dedicated to something. So those are examples of some self-limiting beliefs in my own life, just on a superficial level. And so anyways, I told myself I was going to become an EMT, an RVP, and I was like, okay, I want to challenge myself for running. So how about like I start running and I'll do like a half marathon. And I was like, that doesn't feel like big enough and challenging enough. I feel like I really, really, really want to like push myself. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do a marathon. So I was like, from someone who has told themselves literally forever that they're a bad runner, I was like, this is a pretty big thing to run a marathon, 26.1 miles. So I literally downloaded the Couch to 5K app and I was like, I'm going to do this. And thankfully, where I live, we have a local running shop that does a marathon training program and a half marathon training program. And a woman that I work with who is actually my work bestie that this is all kind of founded off of Jill. She was training for a half marathon and she had run a half marathon before and she was running one with this group of girls. She met girls. They're like women, like probably forties, thirties, forties. And she allowed me to like come and train with them. So We started running every Saturday morning, week after week after week after week for our long runs. And then during the week, we had like our daily runs. So I would probably say I ran like five times a week and then did like our long runs. So I don't know if any of y'all have ever trained for any sort of race or triathlon or anything like that, but if you're not consistent it's not going to work. I have realized in my life that consistency and self-discipline is the biggest determining factor of success um, in anything. Like if you want to be like an Instagram influencer, posting consistently is the way to make that happen. If you want to, um, you know, build traction with a business, sending out a monthly email or a weekly email, whatever your, you know, need is, is the way to build traction. Um, 
consistency. So that's something I've learned. So through the marathon training, consistency was the most important thing. So I started training in January and ran a marathon in November. Maybe I started training in April. I'm not sure. But regardless, eight months of training, which is a really long time, showing up every single Saturday, doing a long run. Um, We ran up to 22 miles. So they were all training for a half. So they would like dip out after eight miles or however long their run was. And I would keep going by myself. Um, And I never listened to music. And even in the summer, I always wear leggings, which is like kind of strange. I don't do that now, but I wear biker shorts now if I'm going to exercise usually. But um, I would just keep going by myself. And thankfully, I live in a really beautiful area and I had places that I loved to run. We have all these different like routes and things like that. So I, there's a place that I think it's like four miles down, four miles back. Um, And then we have a two mile down, two mile back, like more in town that's flat, but I would just run and they would leave and like, we would talk and have so much fun and chat and really get to know each other. But once they left, it was just me. And I was the only one keeping myself going week after week after week. And the only you know, motivator was that I had told myself I was going to do this and I was going to do it. Like I had committed to this. I had a date. It was November 16th. I ran the Richmond marathon, which was really fun because I lived in Richmond and that's like where I went to grad school. So I knew the area, but I had gone from, I'm not a runner and downloading the couch to 5k app to running a marathon. And That might seem like an extreme example, but it's just committing and making your mind and committing to it. And I had a vision board and I had on there RVP, EMT, and then the marathon 26.1, like the bumper sticker people have on the back of their car. And I was like, I'm doing this. The only person who's going to get in my way is myself. And I'm not going to let that happen because I've already committed to this. Um, So that is kind of like my first real long-term goal other than like graduating college or graduating grad school, things like that. But kind of my own like self, I don't want to say self-inflicted, but like self-imposed goal over months and months. And then another goal most recently is um, kind of a financial goal. And maybe no one cares about this, but it's something I was really proud of. And I make like a very, I think, normal salary. I think social workers are fairly underpaid, but um, with my full-time job, I definitely don't make six figures. I am far, far, far below that, but I um, became much more financially aware at the end of last year, and I learned a lot about like retirement accounts and um, kind of like tax hacking and things like that. So I was like, I want to um, max out my accounts. So what that means is I, um, worked for a nonprofit. So instead of a 401k, I had a 403b, but it's essentially the exact same thing. And then an HSA health savings account. And then I also have like my own Roth IRA and then another retirement account as well, along with some like general investing. So I told myself like, I want to max out all of my retirement accounts for the year. So what that means is $3,650 to the HSA, $6,000 to the IRA, $19,500 to my 403B. And then what was my other one? 
HSA. Yeah. So I guess that's it. Um, and then I was like, I want to max these out. So my employer does have a small match of, I think if I gave 4%, they would give me 2%. So that was 6% of my paycheck. And then, um, the HSA also came out of my paycheck and the Roth I did independently. So I maxed my Roth out first with $6,000 and then my HSA. And then I was, um, switching out of my full-time job. So I really had to take into account, uh, how to get that maxed out. And, um, it took a lot of calculations. I will tell you, like starting from the very beginning of the year, I calculated multiple, multiple times. I had different like estimates and numbers written on sticky notes. I have spreadsheets full of, um, like I'll pull it up right now and read you the categories, but like I have a Google sheets with all my information on it for my paychecks that I calculated super closely. I have the period start date, the end date, the date I got my check, gross pay, net pay, the 403B amount, the year to date, the percent contribution, the amount of the cash match, the total cash, cash match, the 403 or the HSA, and then how much overtime I worked. Cause I would not have been able to do this without like working a lot of overtime and also my other sources of income that I have on my Arbon business, my serving, tons of babysitting, selling clothes and various things like consigning, things like that, that I just do anyway. So I think that also highlights the importance of having multiple sources of income to be able to supplement, but I was able to max out my accounts and I just, it's just really feels really good to like set a goal for yourself and work day in and day out to, you know, little changes and little wins make such a big win. So when I would have a paycheck where I would have worked, you know, 24 hours of overtime in two weeks or 20 hours or 12 hours or 16 hours, I'm looking at all of my paychecks. Let's see. Out of the whole year, there are only six paychecks where I didn't work any overtime. And I knew that I was working towards this goal. So, of course, when I'm like working a 12 hour shift on a Saturday extra, I'm not like thrilled, but I'm like, you know what? I set this goal. I told myself I was going to do this. I have this line in the sand, and this is what I have to do to make this possible. So, being willing to make those day to day sacrifices for the overall goal is what makes it possible and makes it happen. And, you know, maybe running a marathon isn't for you, or maybe you don't really care about your finances, which you should. And that's something I'm definitely going to talk about later because something I'm so passionate about now, especially for women and millennial women who never talked about money. My family and I never talked about money. Um, we actually did probably more than most people. I had like, I knew how to like put some money away for savings and spending money. And my parents taught me about tithing and things like that, if that's something that's relevant to you. But I did learn more about that, but not as much as I wish I'd known. Um, also, I wish I had started saving for retirement earlier because the best thing on your ta- on your side is time in terms of that. But I um, knew that I really wanted to meet these goals. And I knew also, aside from just reaching the goal, but that the long-term um, it was going to serve me so well to have these savings and have this put aside. I think another reason that I care about that is because I work in a hospital and, um, with 
a lot of older adults and people who kind of get to the end of their independence and realize like they need more support than they're able to afford. And it puts people in really compromising situations. Sometimes I talked about this in my last talk with Taylor about advanced directives and advanced care planning, but, um, it's hard on families. It's hard on a lot of people in the family unit when, um, finances aren't, you know, in order or, uh, it's just not accounted for. And I think there's a lot of structural issues in our society that make that not possible. Tons of people, most people I feel like probably can't afford to save. Um, but a whole nother topic, but just in terms of long-term goals, um, some other goals people do are like, I want to read 52 books in a year and being able to have visuals or things to help move you along. So if you draw like 52 squares on a piece of paper and highlight them in when you read the books, it's really motivating to see those visuals. Um, I have another financial goal that I'm working towards and I printed out the numbers of my goal. There's three numbers and I wrote a bunch of shapes and wrote the num- the smaller numbers in the shapes and like fill them in as I go. And it's incredibly motivating. And it makes me think every time I purchase something, I'm like, do I really need this? Do I really want this? Or would I rather be closer to my goal? And sometimes I do think that I would like the purchase um, more than reaching my goal in that moment. But it is a nice reminder to think about, okay, what am I working towards? What are my big goals? And just having the visuals, having it in front of you, um, it's proven that you are some incredibly high percentage more likely to reach your goals when they're in front of you and when they're present on your mind and you're able to kind of work at them every day. I think also breaking down your goals, like for my marathon, it was, you know, getting my weekly runs in and having my long run. Like you just have to break things down into more manageable bites. You can't eat a whole birthday cake in one bite, but when you chip away at the bites, you can eat the whole cake. Um, And I think in terms of like my financial goal that I had for maxing all my accounts out, um, just breaking it down week by week, paycheck by paycheck and being like, okay, it's really manageable when like $400 in my paycheck or $500 is coming out, which let me tell you, is still a big part of my paycheck. But I was like, it's not as overwhelming as the 19,500. 